0: Hey everyone, this is Ashley Menzies Babatunde, your host and resident storyteller, and welcome to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. No Straight Path is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are digging into the human stories behind success, and my hope, as always, is that you leave the conversation inspired, motivated, and excited about your journey. Hey friends, hey, I hope you're well. I'm excited to share a live podcast from Podcast Movement in Denver, Colorado with you today. I actually went to the conference in August of this year and it was just amazing. I got to connect with like-minded creators. I highly recommend this conference. So if you're interested in attending, I will drop the link for next year's conference in the show notes. I had so much fun sharing the stage with business strategist and podcaster, Steph Taylor. And Steph and I actually met at HubSpot's conference inbound last year, and we just hit it off immediately, and she's just so wonderful. I remember I was just about to embark on this podcasting journey and take the sabbatical and really delve into it, and she was just very encouraging. I remember it being my first live podcast, so I was definitely nervous. I barely slept the night before, and Steph was just really reassuring. And to fast forward a year later, and here I am interviewing Steph in front of a live audience at Podcast Movement. And just all of the self-doubt and the nerves I had a year ago, they had gone away. I was comfortable. I was excited. And it's just amazing how much growth you can experience in a year. And speaking of growth, Steph knows all about this from a self-development and business perspective. I share more of Steph's background, and then she shares her inspiring story in this live podcast. So let's get to it. Hi everyone, welcome. My name is Ashley Menzies Babatunde, and I am a lawyer, career coach, and the host and creator of No Straight Path, where we look at the human stories behind success. I'm so excited today to have Steph Taylor from the wonderful podcast, Imperfect Action. We're both in the HubSpot Podcast Network together, and that's how we've connected. And Steph just has such an inspiring story, so I'm excited to learn more about it today. On our podcast, we look at the humanity behind the experience. So we often see the accolades, the LinkedIn profiles, we see the social media highlights, but we rarely see the real story behind it, the candor. And so I'm grateful that Steph is joining us today to chat about this and chat about her podcast journey. So thank you. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Steph is actually Australian. And she doesn't like to (laughs) talk about her accolades and everything. So I am going to tell you all about Steph and a little bit about her background. So she is the host and creator of Imperfect Action. It's a podcast where she helps online business owners create profitable businesses that are sustainable. And she has 1.7 over 1.7 million downloads to date. Over two million. Oh my gosh, we got to update the website. Yeah. (laughs) just kidding. It's growing so fast, over 2 million downloads. And she uses content that not only inspires listeners, but it creates, she provides practical tips. And that's what I love. I love that you're also a speaker, that you're also just a business content strategist, and that you have been putting out consistent content for so long. You're almost at 700 episodes, which is incredible. And you also do something that's so helpful for me. You emphasize the importance of freedom. You know, as busy entrepreneurs, as people who are working their corporate jobs, as humans in general, I think we strive for freedom. We want to have freedom to live our lives. And Steph shows her listeners how to do that. So I'm excited to delve into your story, and before we get to your story, I do want to just pull the audience really quickly and just see who's here. So if you're a podcaster, can you raise your hand? Wonderful. We have some creators in the room. If you are an entrepreneur, can you raise your hand? Okay, great. We have a lot of entrepreneurs, and if you just like feeling inspired and you like storytelling, can you raise your hand? Yes. Okay, great. (laughs) So we're all in the right place. And Steph, this is a little bit different. We're doing it like a live podcast. And I know you often talk about your business insights, but I first want to just get to know you as a human. And I want to start from the beginning. Can you tell us about your childhood? Tell us about how you grew up, about your family, and perhaps we can see how little Steph shows up in the work that you're doing today.
1: Yes. So you mentioned I was Australian. I'm actually originally South African. And then I grew up in New Zealand. So I've lived in a few different countries. And it was really interesting because I used to be a very talkative kid. I loved, You couldn't shut me up. It's like me with a microphone now. That was me as a little kid until we moved from South Africa to New Zealand. And suddenly I was the kid who was different. I spoke funny and I got bullied for talking out I put my hand up in class and people would laugh at me because I spoke differently to them and then you know starting a podcast what like 15 nearly 20 years later I had to grapple with this whole thing around speaking out I didn't like to speak I didn't like my voice I didn't like my accent I felt so self-conscious around that so that was a huge example of you know little Steph showing up the other big one was I grew up in a very hardworking family. My mum was from an immigrant family, then both my parents immigrated. And both my parents were in very traditional roles. They were both doctors and they both really valued education, hard work, the whole traditional path to success. So it was always, I, I grew up with this you know, you have to go to finish high school, go to university, study medicine, law, or finance. That was Those were my options. And then when I did that and then came out and told them, hey, actually, guys, I'm going to throw away this entire degree that I've studied. I'm going to throw away this corporate role that I've landed that is the dream job for so many people. And I'm going to go and start a business where, you know, there's probably a 90% chance that I'm going to fail. That didn't land very well with them.
0: Yeah, no, I can't imagine. So what do you, what was inside you that made you make that career pivot? Because you did follow the traditional path for a little bit. Is that correct?
1: Yes. So I did the whole, got good grades, went to university, got good grades there, got a great graduate placement, got the dream job. And funnily enough, I got really sick about a year into that dream job. I was lying there in my hospital bed. I'd been in hospital for seven days. I was lying there in the hospital bed thinking, thank goodness I don't have to go to work tomorrow. And that for me was this little like, huh, I could have died right now. And here I am just really glad that I don't have to go to work tomorrow. So I got back to the office and I actually handed in my resignation maybe two weeks, three weeks later and decided to go all in on a side hustle that at that point wasn't even profitable. I wasn't making enough money to fund my life, but I thought I'm just going to hand in that resignation and I'll figure it out. And that was probably the first time that I took major imperfect action.
0: Wow. I love that so much. It's such a good example of how the Sunday scaries had pushed you essentially into this, you know, incredible journey that you're on right now. And so you weren't profitable at the time. Can you tell us about that journey, that entrepreneurial journey and how you got profitable? Because I know that you went from 100 K in one year to a million
1: dollars in sales and that's incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we need to rewind first. So the first the first business, The Side Hustle, I don't think that one ever made more than like $20,000 in a year. It was a physical e-commerce business. And it was this point where I was living in a tiny little apartment by myself. And I remember walking out into the living room one day and the living room is just lined with all of these boxes, all of the orders that I have to pack and ship because I wasn't selling enough for it to be worth outsourcing the shipping at that point, outsourcing the fulfillment. So there was this little light bulb moment again in my brain that was like, I quit my corporate job to have freedom, to have a better lifestyle. And here I am, I've created a much worse job for myself that actually pays me a lot less than my corporate job did. So I had to really swallow my pride. I had to admit to everybody who'd said, you know, 90% of businesses fail. I had to admit to them, yes, my business was one of those. And at that point, I actually went and I got a part-time job for a while. And while I was in that part-time job, that was when I realized I was really good at working with marketing strategy. So I started working with clients. I started building up what I thought was gonna be an agency. Finally, I had that freedom. I could work from anywhere. I could travel, it was amazing. But then fast forward again and I'm in Paris. I'm finally living that laptop lifestyle. And I'm standing in front of the Eiffel Tower, all of these happy couples around me, they're having picnics, people are taking photos, they're having the best time. And I'm sitting there with my phone out replying to a client emergency email. So I'd created the location freedom, but I hadn't actually created the time freedom or the energy freedom that I wanted. And I realized that if I wanted to truly create that freedom, I needed to change my business model entirely. So I fired all my clients, or most of them, slowly, one by one. It wasn't like this dramatic, you're fired moment, but it was, I think we need to stop working together and the next one and then the next one. And I started building a business completely around online courses and programs. And through that, I was able to scale it really quickly.
0: Wow. I love that so much. I didn't know about the failed business previously, but I could definitely predict that based on all the guests I've had on the show thus far. And it's so interesting how that part-time job really allowed you to see where your strengths were. And so it just shows how the journey is really happening in real time in the way that it was supposed to be, which I think is really wonderful. And so now you're using your story and I think the strategies that you've learned to help your listeners take imperfect action. Can you tell us the why behind the podcast? Yes.
1: So Imperfect Action, up until 12 months ago, actually used to have a completely different name. And when it came to rebranding the show, I wanted the name to be something that meant something to me. And I started brainstorming and I thought, what, what's what been the secret source to my business success? And what have I seen is the secret source to everybody else who's succeeded in business? And that's where I came up with the name Imperfect Action. Now, Imperfect Action to me means doing anything before you're ready. Not just business-wise, but I'll use a really basic example. I was over here in the States earlier this year and every time I come over here, I've thought, I'm not going to rent a car because you all drive on the wrong side of the road and I'm going to (laughs) die. But for whatever reason, I had to rent one this time. And For weeks leading up to the trip, I'm looking on YouTube. I'm like, how do I drive on the right hand side of the road? How do I do this? Which way do I turn? Who do I yield to? This is so confusing. And the more research that I did, the more overwhelmed I got. And then when I finally arrived and I rented that car and I sat down behind the wheel, I just figured it out. I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, in this YouTube video, they told me to do this thing. So I'm going to do that. I just figured it out. That's imperfect action right? It's quitting your job before you're ready. It's starting your podcast before you know what the first 50 episodes are going to be and trusting that you will just figure out the topics as they come to you. And I look back 700 episodes ago, my show that was 700 episodes ago is nothing like what it is today, but I wouldn't be at the episodes that I'm at now if I hadn't done those original ones that frankly, they sucked. Who loves their first episode?
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I, <laughs> I will listen to my episodes now and I just, even though the mic quality, I'm like, Oh my gosh, why do I have that mic? And I even recently changed my intro to the show, the podcast um, teaser, because what's interesting when you're podcasting, your podcast is often a reflection of who you are, or it's at least a reflection of your business. And so you're evolving and there's different seasons in your life and it's okay to change it. You know, and and it's also good to go back and see how much you've grown, which I think is really wonderful. And so can you talk to us a little bit more about the creative process and how you actually inspire listeners to take imperfect action? Because that can be challenging. I feel like we know so many things intellectually, but we don't actually
1: follow it. So how do you help your listeners do that? I inspire my listeners to take imperfect action by taking imperfect action myself. My show is not perfectly produced. I make mistakes. I leave them in a lot of the time. My team edits it now, but we leave them in because Who are we to be saying, take imperfect action, and then everything that we're putting out there as a team is 100% perfect and shiny. So for me, it's saying to my audience, hey, this was an idea that I had last week, and now it's an episode. We've just done this imperfectly. Then the actual ideation process, I always start by asking my audience a question. And that question is, what three questions do you have about whatever the topic that I'm asking them about is? What three questions do you have about building a profitable online business? What three questions do you have about starting a podcast? And those three questions, they tell me so much about where their knowledge gaps are. Then I can take those questions and I can chunk up and I can chunk down into other topics. So if the question they ask is, how do I reach more people? Chunking down might look like, how can I reach more people on Instagram? How can I reach more people with my podcast? Or chunking up would look like, Well, me asking, why do they want to reach more people? So that they can make more sales. Great, so now we have another podcast topic. So I'm expanding on every single thing that they tell me. The other thing that I think has made such a difference to the whole process is thinking of everything as content. A couple of weeks ago, I was on a plane, and shortly after takeoff, there was a massive loud bang and a big flash of light. And I'm looking at the flight attendant, and she's looking at me like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm freaking out, but I'm also thinking if I survive this, this is going to be good content. I don't know what content it's going to be yet, but it's going to be content. And then I've used it since then as a way to explain how the uncertainty in business and entrepreneurship in general, it's like when you're in a plane and you're trusting that the pilot has got it. And you might be sitting there in your seat and there's been this big flash of light and a loud noise and you're freaking out, but you can't do anything. You just kind of have to run with it and just trust that it's going to be okay. So, yeah, asking your audience the questions and thinking of all of those stories that happen as content, even if you don't yet know how it's going to be content.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's wonderful. And when we're talking about uncertainty, it is really challenging to deal with that, especially as an entrepreneur, as a podcaster. Can you talk to us about some of the challenges that you faced in your podcasting journey or even entrepreneurial, whatever you think is most relevant and that could be helpful for the audience?
1: The first one that comes to mind, podcast-related, is content burnout. That content creator burnout. Three episodes a week for five years now, and there are definitely points where I think oh, I can't think of anything else. the The well is dry. Like there is literally not another idea in there. And reminding myself, actually, no, that's not a sign I need to give up. That's a sign I need to just take a bit of a break allow myself to be bored for a while, consume different content, consume different media, read different books and allow the ideas to bubble back up. That's definitely the biggest podcasting challenge I've had. The biggest entrepreneurial one has been being okay with it not looking like what I thought it would be. When we're overachievers, we like to have everything planned out and we like to know what it's going to look like and we like to know what we're working towards. And then when things don't go to plan and we're forced to pivot, we're forced to be flexible, adaptable, it's really hard to let go of that attachment to the outcome. And that's a challenge that I'm still constantly coming up against.
0: Yeah, those are definitely challenges that I certainly experience as well. And, you know, you said something earlier, I do want to go back quickly to just the freedom piece, because what was interesting, and you just mentioned overachiever, you know, you left this corporate job to start this entrepreneurial endeavor and then found yourself in a place where you still didn't have the freedom. And it seems like now you've gotten to that place. There's still challenges, but do you have practical tips that you could share with the audience about how you've been able to create more freedom in your life. Because the challenge that I've dealt with is, some of you might know, I pivoted, I took a sabbatical and (laughs) pivoted from my legal career to podcasting for a bit and career coaching. And I found myself working just as much as I was as an attorney. I found myself in a place where I was really struggling with burnout. And I think that it can be challenging for people who are
1: success-driven, overachiever-driven to find that freedom? Yes, absolutely. And I found it by finding myself in situations where I didn't have that freedom. So I initially, I was starting out doing anything in business thinking, oh, I just need to add more, add more, add more. And then one day I'll get to this point where I'm earning enough in my business and I can finally take time off and I'll finally have that freedom And all that did was just created more work for me. So then I eventually realized I actually needed to work backwards. I needed to start with that end vision in mind. I needed to think, okay, what do I want my days, weeks, months, years to look like, and how can I work backwards from the freedom that I want to have so that I'm not doing things, I'm not saying yes to anything in my business that's not leading me closer to that vision. For example, if I wanted to be able to go offline for an entire month at any point, but I was faced with this opportunity of a client that wanted to work with me. And let's say that in that moment, I needed the cash flow. I needed to say yes to that client so that I could make more money, but that wasn't going to lead me closer to that long-term vision. I can now make a decision based on, yes, do I want to sacrifice the long-term vision temporarily for this client? Or do I want to stay focused on that longer-term vision? Uh, So then, yeah, it gives you this decision-making framework rather than just haphazardly adding more things and chasing all the shiny things. Uh,
0: I love that. Okay, I'm adding that to my toolbox. And, you know, we're here. It's Podcast Movement, and we're all podcasters, most of us. Can you tell us about what you love about podcasting. I feel like podcasting has certainly changed my life for the better. And I love connecting with like-minded podcasters like you. And so can you just tell us about perhaps your passion for the work?
1: It's changed a lot. I think back five years ago, and I was very introverted. I I started my business so that I didn't have to talk to people And then I started a podcast and through podcasting, I learned to love my voice again. I learned to become comfortable speaking. And now my favorite thing about podcasting is the people. It's the people, it's the events, it's the community. The fact that we have enough people in the podcasting community to fill this entire convention center, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. So it's, it's being around these inspiring people and hearing everyone's inspiring stories.
0: Yes, definitely. And you mentioned community and the podcast community, and I know you've built just a really strong, loyal community when it comes to the work that you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about how podcasters can build community for their specific podcast?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's a consequence of consistency over time. It's not something that you start your podcast and then the community just happens instantly. It's Five years of showing up three times a week in my audience's ears, that's how the communities come around. It's also been recognizing that I can lead and inspire my community without being miles ahead of them. And actually, a lot of the time they connect better with me because I'm not miles ahead of them, but because I'm just a few steps ahead of them and I can sort of lead the way. I can show them what's possible for somebody like them, not in 10 years time, but in six months or 12 months time. Uh, But I think the consistency is honestly the biggest part, and I've seen so many podcasters give up way too early because they don't see the community building, they don't see the download numbers, they don't see all the engagement, they don't get feedback. And it's just something that if they had stuck with it a little bit longer, then they would have started to see those numbers. They would have started to see the people, the feedback, the engagement.
0: Yeah. No, it's such a good reminder. Consistency is so key. And, you know, I know that you're often talking about business and you're providing those insights and we've gotten a little bit more personal and I'm learning more about you. The fact that you didn't even want to talk to people. I find that fascinating. And then you started a whole podcast. I guess I'm just curious about whether there's anything about you that you haven't really shared publicly or you might have that, you know, you'd want to share with the audience that could be inspirational or helpful or
1: just an interesting fact that we might not know? Oh, you put me on the spot here. (laughs) An interesting fact you might not know is it's really easy to look at somebody who's a few steps ahead of you in business or a few hundred episodes ahead of you in podcasting and not see the full story and not realize all of the different sacrifices that they've had to make to get to that point. And something that I actually have pretty much never talked about is how in building my business and my podcast to the point where it's been, I've sacrificed a few significant relationships. I've sacrificed, I've lost a few friendships. I've sacrificed a lot of free time to be able to get to the point where I'm I feel like I'm living my vision and I'm having the impact that I want to have.
0: Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah. For really sharing that. Do you have advice for people who don't want to sacrifice those relationships? Have you changed the way that you move so that perhaps you can be successful and also keep those important relationships in your life?
1: Yes, and I will say that some of them needed to be sacrificed. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> some people have they guts to go, okay? <laughs> some of them do. Uh but again when I early on in my journey I thought that my vision was purely around business success. And I didn't think of success as this all-encompassing, who do I want around me? Where do I want to live? What do I want my days to look like? Not just what do I want my business to look like, not just how many people do I want listening to the podcast or what kind of impact do I want the podcast making, but rather what does my life as a whole look like? And for me, I've realized it's I, I can sacrifice that one workout to work a little bit harder today, but that's actually moving me away from my vision because it's not leading to that lifestyle that I want to have, that healthy lifestyle.
0: I love that. It's like you've essentially redefined what success looks like for you and now you're achieving it in different spaces in your life and not just business, which I think is so important. It's such an amazing example of personal growth and you're continuing to inspire me and I'm sure you're inspiring people in the audience. And I think we do. We have some time to take questions. So if anyone has a question, happy to be to answer.
2: Hi, thanks for being here, Steph. I'm a huge fan. I've listened to a ton of your episodes. I just love your show. Um, And I'm excited to listen to your show as well. So it's fun to discover a new one. And two things I love about your show, if I could just say one, it's just so clean. There's not a lot of noise. And two, Every single show is a solution to a problem. It's not just talking. There's a real solution in there, and I appreciate that so much. So my question is, having done this and where you are in the season, looking back as you were gearing up and getting shows done by yourself, what do you think are some of the most important first either hires or subcontracting out? What what sort of gave you the most time back when you did that? Oh, I
1: think the very first one, it didn't necessarily give me the most time back, but it gave me the most mental energy back and that was customer support because obviously alongside the podcast, I also sell courses and digital products and I, I found it so draining to be in there in the inbox dealing with, I can't find my password or somebody who'd bought something and then they hadn't received the confirmation email and they were accusing me of being a fraud when it had just gone to their spam folder. So that was mental energy back, which I think sometimes is actually more valuable than the physical time. Uh, And in terms of time, I think the biggest has been... Probably my operations manager who does everything from edit the podcast now to repurpose it into all of the different content platforms so that I'm not thinking, oh, I need to be posting to Instagram. I need to be posting to this. I need to do that. She's taking the video from the podcast episode and slicing it up for me and scheduling it so it goes out. And I don't have to think
2: about that. Great. Thank you so much.
1: I have had the great privilege to work with both Ashley and Steph over a long period of time. And it just makes me so happy to see both of you up, up on this stage and, and sharing this conversation, getting to learn more you know, specifically about Steph and your journey. I'd love to open up this question for both of you. As a young you know, woman in, in business and in the business podcast space and in the industry, I'd love to hear any advice that you have for folks such as myself. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So just... I'm going to actually use some of Steph's work is essentially taking imperfect action. You know, for me, I started as as an attorney, right? And I am working in white collar investigations (laughs) at the time. And there was something inside me that wanted to essentially tell stories that would help people feel seen and heard in their careers, like young women. Just seeing these stories, it allows you to feel inspired. It allows you to take action. You just need one person. And I think that seeing lots of different stories was important to me. And so my whole intention wasn't to start a business. It wasn't to work with the HubSpot Podcast Network. It was just to put out a podcast for fun and really stepping into your purpose and moving into that usually comes with opportunity. When you are doing work that is aligned with who you are, when you are figuring out your strengths, so I think being very self-aware, understanding your strengths and leaning into it and doubling down on it is extremely important because then you're going to see how you can really grow in your career and personally. And so as an accidental entrepreneur is what I like to call myself, I think the biggest thing was taking the action, leaning, being self-aware, and
1: just leaning on my strengths? Mine's kind of similar. So being open to not knowing what the finished thing is going to look like because it's never finished. It's constantly evolving. And if we let go of this need to know, oh, this is what every single episode is going to be about and this is exactly who it's for and this is the exact messaging and the name can't ever change. If we can let go of that, then we open up so much more creativity around what this thing can evolve itself into being. So I think, yeah, that's kind of similar to what you said.
0: Yeah. And the different side of the coin. So it's good.
3: <laughs> so yeah, this question be, can be for both of y'all as well. But when you have found yourself in like a creative rut, when I've had like 360 episodes at this point, but podcasting for seven years and I'm finding myself just like, okay, how much more do I have to say? And, and, Granted, I have evolved as a business owner as well, and so there are different topics that are really intriguing to me that I want to dive into, but being known for something and having a lane for seven years, it can feel scary or just like, I don't know, jarring to make those changes. So I'm curious if there was ever a moment in y'all's podcast journey that you either felt a creative rut and changed it up or found new inspiration, or you, again, decided to go in a different direction because you knew that this was the content that you wanted to talk about that was different than before?
1: I'll be really quick because we're out of time. Whenever I've been in a creative rut, I try to get offline. So last year I had that and I went backpacking through the Outback for 14 days with no internet, no phone, nothing. And I had so many ideas.
0: I love that. I have a longer story that I can share with you after because I'm literally in the process and, and changing course in my topics right now. So absolutely. But thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share the podcast with friends and family. And my hope is that these stories help you navigate your No Straight Path journey. If this content is adding value to your life, and I hope it is, please take a few minutes out of your day to rate the show and write a review. You can click the link in the show notes to write a review. It helps other listeners find the show, and I just really appreciate it. Have a lovely week, embrace the journey, and remember, you're not alone.